I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Woo! Bo Cephas last week I called a 5-0, and and we only went 3-2. and um, Personally, I blame you as always, although, <laughs> although I will say, I will say that the 66% hit rate we're at in the Super Contest is much better than the 0.0 hit rate I had in high school, so I will take it. <laughs> now, whether you are here for the funny... It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll try to do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain! Watch this pour as I touch your face! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing, we got the beer flowing, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cowbell choice of the week well thank you very much there sir tonight longhorn is a very special episode of fgh it is episode 69 69 (laughs) combine that with the fact it is now october i had to as i do every year 
bring out the Oktoberfest and one of my most special and favorite beers of all time. It's Polliner's Oktoberfest. It's one of my highest rated beers ever. 4.75 out of 5 stars. What? Yes, and it is by far my favorite Marzen. And it also links perfectly to the act of 69. Because, boys and girls, Mm -hmm. the 69 was actually invented by the Germans in 1937. And I'll tell you the story. Uh Uh-oh. Mr. Hans and Broomhilda Lickensucken. No, uh, no. That's who invented it. What? Uh, I don't, I I mean, go ahead, but I don't think so. All right. Hans and Broomy were hiking up a mountain, as Germans tend to do. And they got hit by a terrible blizzard while they were up there, and they got trapped in a cave. They used up all their firework pretty quickly. They were desperate for warmth, so they decided to huddle together naked for body warmth, of course. However, due to Hans' big schnitzel-eating belly, regular missionary snuggling, didn't get all their body parts together. So Broomy was like, hey, I'll flip around and this should work out. So she did, and it did work. But, you know, while they were in that position, Hans was like, I wonder what happens if I uh, wiggle my big mustache just right down here and... uh, Mm -hmm. Well, boys and girls, the rest is history. So I've just got one question for you, Longhorn. Uh-huh. When's the last time you went nose to toes on a chick? Nah, see, that's that's uh, this might be a controversial statement, but sixty nine is the most overrated sexual position. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, two two noses deep in asshole. Count me out. That, <laughs> that's that's, and uh, I like to see I like to see the action personally, but yeah, well. That makes more sense. I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. The last time I actually caught Longhorn going nose to toes, it was a mit- with a midget gal. And she was definitely getting the worst in the deal because she had full access. But, you know, of course, you can't really do a sit-up that far to get in position with somebody that's that short. So, Sir, you know, Longhorn is definitely a taker and not a giver. Sir, and that just showed itself Sir, right then and there. That is a physical impossibility. <laughs> The the inches don't add up there, sir. That's what she said. All right, boys and girls, it is. We're going to get into the podcast now. We're going to give you some free picks. We're going to go over the good and the bad and the hard. You fucking kidding me? And we're going to give you all, and I mean all, those wins coming in the air tonight. But right now, it's time to get you paid, baby, with that college free pick of the week. And this week, that pick is going to be Ole Miss and Kentucky under the 61-and-a-half Longhorn. This number is simply too big. It's been driven by the 35 that Ole Miss put up in Game 1 versus Florida and the excitement about Lane Kiffin, I'll bang your daughter, Mr. Head Coach. In reality, this number should be around 50, and here's a couple reasons why. First of all, Kentucky can't score the football. They came into the year ranked around 50th from an offensive efficiency standpoint in our power rankings, and, you know, all they did was go out and score a whopping 13 points against Auburn to prove our point. Now, in last week's game, those teams had an efficiency efficiency factor of .74, which generally tend to lead to the under. However, that game or over that game went under by more than a touchdown. This week between Kentucky and uh, Mississippi, that number is a .36, less than half of that, and the total is up by over 10 from that last week, and even up over a point from what Ole Miss had. And their game at Florida, which their efficiency number was a .74. So, again, less than half of that. So, and then the other biggest trend line in this game, both of these teams in conference failed to meet their totals expectations on a regular basis. This is 2010. The Wildcats are 36-46-1. and 
going over in a conference, which means they go under to a 57.5% play. Ole Miss is 35-45-1. They go under to a 56.2% rate. And, in fact, the under is 14-3 Longhorn in the last 17 games Kentucky has in conference, including last week where we already told you the game went under by more than a touchdown. Couple all of that together with the fact that this is the top Delta on our board. Fucking free pick college. Ole Miss, Kentucky under the 61 and a half. Yeah, that sounds pretty okay to me, man. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, now we got you paid. We got to get paid and do that. We got to talk about this week's sponsor. And this week's sponsor is Bet Any Sports.eu. I said Bet Hey Sports.eu is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports, as the name suggests. If you want to go over or under the next time or how many days or months Longhorn takes to go toes to nose with the next midget, they got that prop too, baby. They got poker. They got full casino games. They advertise reduced juice, minus 105 in most situations. They got same-day payouts. Bitcoin's welcome. They have the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. People, go to betanysports.eu. Put in code word gloryhole right now for a 35% sign-up bonus. What does that mean? It means you deposit $1,000, you get back $1,350. You use their free money with our bets. You're winning money on top of money on top of money, baby. It's betanysports.eu, code word glory hole. One more time, I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu, code word glory hole. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking... Not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright boys and girls, and as always, we start off with the good, and the good this week was us in the NFL, baby. Three and two, another Winning week, Longhorn in the Super Contest. We are a fucking machine rolling, baby. Yeah, a couple, a uh, couple more mistakes that we need to keep, you know, working on eliminating to uh, get that elusive five and zero. Oh. Uh, we're getting there. We're learning more, but we'll we'll get there. Yep. And speaking of uh, trying to get there, we got to move on to the bad, and we tell on ourselves as we do every week because we are men of integrity. And why mm-hmm. else would you listen to us? Uh, the bad was us in college. Rough fucking week. Um, to pull back the curtain completely, it is all Longhorn's fault. I have no <laughs> idea why you people listen to this guy when he's handicapping games. I don't know why you still listen, but you know what? Uh, he's that special kid you just can't help but love, so, you know, Lo- we still love you, buddy. The lovable loser. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to the are you fucking kidding And this week, hmm. that award... Usually goes to a player, something didn't go our way. No, it's going to a full football team. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. You tied the Bengals at fucking home in a game that you had to win. Fuck you, Philly. You sorry pieces of shit. Yeah, they're they're. Uh, I, th- I think they're. I think they're just bad at football, and and mainly it's the quarterback. And I don't. I mean. I just scroll down and look at the write-up. I mean, a lot of this stuff I'm going to go over in the handicap, so let's just wait till then. But, man, they're just – they got they might have a quarterback problem, people. They might have a quarterback problem. 
One of the number one rules in life, never trust a red-headed quarterback and don't 69 with a midget. Mm -mm. All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time to go over all those wins that are coming in the air tonight, baby! Longhorn this week, we're going to start up there in Chicago where those Bears are two and a half point home dogs, the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, can you do an accent for every city we go to? If you could just do that, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> before, before we start there, uh, two quick points of business to go over. Um, the season review uh, favorites are leading 25 to 24 over the dogs. Uh, up to date, and that does include the Thursday night game. Uh, but the overs are dominating the unders at a 30 to 19 rate. Uh, so, Woo. just something to keep in mind there. I'll, I'll, I'll probably try to do that a weekly uh, update on those. And I don't know about you, Bo Stevenson. We have not talked about this <clears throat> uh, this week, but I am getting close to eliminating home field advantage in most spots um unless there's a weather issue a turf issue some sort of um travel you know like a double double coast to coast travel situation i i'm just i'm i'm getting tired of it and i know the standard for the industry has been you know two points to home field and that's kind of how they've adjusted with this with this covid situation but i i'm sick of seeing and it's why the overs are hitting so much i'm sick of seeing these home teams or these road teams come into these stadiums and just there's no, there's no false starts anymore. There's no crowd issues. There's no momentum issues. It's just I'm, I'm getting close to just putting most teams at a flat rate, uh, neutral field, unless, like I said, there's some specific um, circumstances. So just something I'm throwing out there. We can talk about it going forward or how we want to adjust that. But it, it's obviously been a factor, and it's showing up in the over-unders. It's showing up uh, all over the place. So just something to keep in mind. Now, the – Speaking of road issues, there will be some wind and rain in the Chicago game, so that will be a factor. And Dead Arm Rivers, uh, <laughs> I mean, we know, we see the way he throws. The, I mean, look, this guy came into the league as a 23-year-old rookie, 22-year-old rookie with that shot put flutter ball. So, you know, at this age, in the weather, in the wind, it just feels like a bad spot for Indy. Um and even though Chicago is 3-0, it kind of feels like a fresh new start for them, honestly, uh, you know, with, with Nick Foles taking over. Um, Indy does have, shockingly, the top-ranked defense, uh, the YPP defense, at 4.4 yards per play. I don't know if anybody saw that coming. Um, but for me, the combination of the, of the, the rain and the wind and Nick Foles with a shot of life to, uh, to a Chicago team it's got me leaning to the Bears here. Two quick notes, I'll throw it to you. Um, in the and I've been saving this because I wanted to get your natural reaction on the podcast. In the local news in Chicago this week, <clears throat> a wide receiver coach told reporter, <laughs> told reporters that it's nice to be able to open the offense fully 
now with Nick mm. Foles, and, and they have not been able to throw a back shoulder pass for three years. My God. Mm. That's just, if that's not an indictment on uh, our boy Mitchie, I don't know what is. Um, since 1998, there have only been 10 teams who were 3-0, and that were 3-0, and but home dogs in game four, and the record for them in that game is nine and one ATS to the dog Bosevas. It is Chicago or nothing for me here. What do you got? Yeah, I love the Bears in this game. Uh, I don't think these two teams are far apart, honestly. I mean, obviously they are because of the way they play, but with the upgrade from uh, Mitchie Boy to Big Dick Nick, and it's nothing but an upgrade. There's no other way to see it. All you had to do is watch last week's game. Mitch couldn't score on one of the worst defenses, to your point, uh, in Atlanta. And Nick just came in and just took over the game and just went and won it. So, yeah, I I have to lean Chicago. And the only thing I'll challenge you on the on the home field is I love the observation on the over, and I think you got something there. Mm-hmm. However, you said it favors 25-24, so pretty much split, which you would imagine. I would like to see the numbers broken down on road favorites, what their cover percentage is. Mm-hmm. If they're hitting at, uh, you know, an elevated amount, then I might buy into it, but for now, I'm still comfortable with the two just because I've always felt that the travel is the biggest part of the home field advantage, not really the crowd. The crowd's always been the most minimal part, but that's the reason why some fields like Seattle and Green Bay get actually more than three in a normal season because the crowd actually is a factor, more mm-hmm. than the one-point factor, whereas crowds like Washington and Dallas – they don't really even get the full through because the crowd isn't that big of a factor. So, yeah, I still it, give them the two. But if you if you could break that down, show me that research, I'd be interested to see that part of it. But I love the fact that you're talking about the overs hitting. I think that's a very astute observation and something we definitely need to consider going forward. Yeah, we can dig into it and you know do the research and see if there's something we're missing that we can take advantage of for sure. All right, boys and girls, we're going to move on from there. We're going to go to just a little bit uh, west of there, I believe, if my geography is correct, to Detroit. And uh, they are now down to three-point home dogs, those New Orleans Saints. Yeah, and I know everybody's expecting me to pound the table and and just be, you know, telling everybody that, you know, this is the real Detroit and all you dummies that, you know, thought they sucked. And I will do that a little bit because this is the real Detroit that I, that I thought we were going to see. Uh, but I am not going to pound the table because I've been burned by this team too many times to um, to go over the top here. I will say that this is finally the full collection of uh, players that that they have on the team that I expected to make a difference. An upgrade, majorly upgraded secondary, making plays, athletic linebackers running over the place. So, you know, this, this and now that uh, Galladay is back. You know, he's Stafford's got his weapons out there. So this is the Detroit team that I expected to see all along. Um, I, I, one other roster note. I am kind of, um, I guess it's, I guess, it's, I guess it's good and a bad. Like Swift is being phased out of the offense. The rookie running back out of Georgia. That's a bad thing because they did draft him high and he was supposed to play a big role. On the flip side, it's a good thing because he has been so bad, and they're going, they're they're putting the load back on Carryon Johnson, and somehow Adrian Peterson is still uh, an effective player at his age. So that those two players, Carryon Johnson and, and Adrian Peterson, fit the mold more of what Detroit wants to do. 
um, with, with the team that they've built. They're more stick your nose in there and get those tough yards uh, type players. So, you know, maybe Swift can, you know, at some point make a difference. But, hell, he already cost him a win with a drop in the end zone for a winning touchdown. So, like I said, I'm excited to see this Detroit team, but I will not go over the top against New Orleans. Um, now, there was a stat that or a trend that I saw that, is completely scaring me off of this game. And if it wasn't for this trend, honestly, both teams, I would be hitting the sounder on this. But the trend is New Orleans is 17-0. ATS, is it, that's the run they're on, in October. 16-1 straight up, but 17-0 straight games in October against the spread. I, I It's irresponsible for me to hit the sounder on a trend like that, so I can't do it. What do you got? Yeah, I actually loved your lines at the plus four early in the week. We talked about it. We didn't um, we didn't act cool. on it, so now it's under yeah. three. So now I think we've lost the value as far as to the spread. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, Michael Thomas is out for New Orleans, and we saw that offense without him. It ain't fucking good. You know, Drew Brees, again, I told you probably two weeks ago here on here that New Orleans is trying to hide him the best they can. And without Thomas, it gets really, really hard to hide that dude. And like you said, Stafford's weapons are back. The over-under on this game is 54. 54. Now, I I think this one might trend towards the under, even though the numbers agree with you on the over. I, man, I just... That seems too it, high. It does it, seem it's, too high. It does seem too high because New Orleans is not going to be able to score the ball like that. Now, their defense and their defense is pretty good, too. So, I think it's going to be a good game. And I'm with you now that it's at three... I don't want any part of it, but I did lean with you with Detroit with a four for sure. All right, right, moving on. Those Carolina Panthers are hosting the Arizona Cardinals, and they are three-and-a-half-point home dogs. Yeah, and uh, we we just talked about this and found out right before the podcast that we are on opposite sides here, so that makes for fun podcasting. So let's get into it. Um, For me, this game falls into the double bounce-back game theory. Arizona coming off a loss to Detroit. And Carolina coming off a road win against the Chargers. Kyler Murray had uh, three picks last week. That's not going to happen again. And Carolina forced four turnovers last week. That, again, won't happen again. Uh, The Panthers are 31st in the league on third down defense. So I don't really see, uh, even if it gets to third down for the Cardinals, I don't really see the the Panthers are the worst, one of the worst getting teams off the field. I, I just... The double bounce back, circus midget dances all all day long. I, I just I don't see any resistance here. If I'm wrong and Carolina, you know, makes this a game where heaven forbid wins, then then a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, have been completely wrong about this Arizona Cardinal team. Take it away. All right, so here's where I'm at with this game. Um, I just have to trust the numbers and our power rankings initially. So from our initial rankings going into the season. Arizona's actually down about a, almost a point and a half. Now, you might think, how is that possible in two and one? Well, because they haven't been very efficient in their three games. And so they're down a point and a half. Now, Carolina has also been disappointed. We didn't, and we didn't expect Carolina to be good, obviously. They're down half a point. So they're even worse than we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, even if you take that into account, though, I've got this within the Delta for Carolina to cover this game. I actually kind of like Carolina winning this spot because I don't think what we've seen from Arizona so far, it's been a little bit of fool's gold, I think. Even mm-hmm. though, and 
And it's going against my... Here, here's where I'm torn, though. I'm going with the numbers you're telling me. However, I'm also going against what I thought about Arizona to start the season because I like them on the over-the-win total. I like the improvement. I like them to, you know, not make the playoffs, but at least be interesting. If they go on the road to Carolina and lose, and they're 2-2, two and two, and now they've lost to Detroit and Carolina back-to-back, they're, they're a little bit reeling at this point. What? Uh, but they are going west to east on a noon kickoff, which is a 51% historically to the home team. Now, 51% is not winning you money, but at least if you start on the right side of any equation, it's easier to end up on the right side. Now, if the factors take you to the other side, that's fine. But at least you're starting on the right side of Carolina. I like Carolina to hang tough in this game, man. I really do. Uh, okay, uh, couple, couple questions. What do you have... Uh, and you know, for people that are just tuning in and haven't followed us through years, we have we have two separate power rankings because we we do things two se- separate ways. Um, and you know, as the season goes on, we we let the numbers take take the wheel, you know, and, and guide us to where we need to be. But earlier in the season, it's a it's a collaboration. So my question is, as of right now, week three, what do you have the power rank? What what should the spread be on this game, according to yours? Should be Arizona minus one and a half. Arizona minus one and a half. Yeah, so and, two point delta to Carolina. Oh my God! So, I mean, it's good. That's this is why it takes time for it for it to all match. I mean, one of us is way wrong because mine should be Arizona minus five and a half, which which is a two point delta the other way. So we're gonna find out. You know, we're gonna be some serious adjusting one way or the other after this one. So. Which explains why we're completely split on this game. It does explain it. And even even no matter which way the game goes, like Longhorn could be completely right. And through the but through the numbers that we run through the algorithms, Arizona might not move up that much and Carolina might not move down that much. Mm-hmm. Or I could be completely right. And it could be exactly opposite. Arizona could move up and Carolina could move down. It's just how it goes. And throughout the season, we play wherever the law of averages lands. Is right. So yeah, in the long it run, it just depends on the gameplay. So yeah, this in the long early run, in the season, it's a great. Go ahead. In the long run, you're, you know, the numbers are going to take over and be right most of the time. Uh, but like you said, in in the you know one game sample, hell, you could be right, I could be right, it could go either way. Um, it's just this. It's be a good fun, good game to watch and see uh, see what happens here. Did you say you have Carolina winning this game though? I do. I have him on a money money line dog parlay plus well, one fifty. That will not be good for my uh, Carolina under season bet and Arizona over season bet. So I definitely hope it, you're wrong on this game. It won't be good for mine either because I have both of those <laughs> as well. So. All right. In a, in a in a macro vision, I hope that I'm wrong also. All right. All right. Moving on. Those Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, it's been so long since I've said this. They are home. Favorites, yes, by two and a half points, hosting my Jacksonville Jaguars and my man crush, Gardner Minshew, the second that has no first. Yeah, <laughs> that's so great. That's just so. <laughs> that's so great in itself. So you kind—I of, don't know if you're reading off my notes, but that's that's part of the exactly uh, handicap of what I put down. I got backdoor burrow. Is now three and zero ATS, by the way, and he has he has shown an incredible amount of toughness and moxie. But as much as as much love as he's getting, Cincinnati, their offense is dead last in YPP at four point two yards per play. 
um, which is kind of, I mean, just sometimes these numbers just shock you when you see them, but because they have been, it seems like they've been putting up a lot of points and they've been doing really well on offense, but they're just not. They're not a good offense. And if you think back to the Cleveland game, they needed five fourth down conversions to keep drives alive in that game. So that just tells you right there, they're needing a lot of plays to get the yardage needed to be successful. Um, now, moving on to Jacksonville, I'm just not sure why uh, the mustache was so flustered last week against Miami, but he clearly was. I don't know if it's because DJ Chark is his is that good. Maybe he is that good. Maybe he is that much of a uh, focal point and, and the key to their success. Uh, but like you said, this is a say-it-out-loud game to me. Cincinnati is favored. They're 0-2-1, and Jacksonville – you know, just like just like last week when they were favored, that's an unfamiliar territory. They it's not where they thrive in, and they lost. They're back in the underdog role. So those two things have me have me leaning to um, Jacksonville, who is coming off ten days to prepare. Um, I don't really have anything else. I mean, I, I lean Jacksonville. What do you got? Yeah. So a couple things in this game. First of all, going into the year, I had these teams rated exactly the same. Okay, yeah. uh, throughout the course of going into this week four, downgraded Cincinnati about a half a point, upgraded Jacksonville by half a point. So that's a point delta right there. So Jacksonville is the better team. Vegas is telling you that they're worse by half a point if you give them the if you give them the two points. That gives our delta right there. But you mentioned the Miami game, and the reason why he was so flustered, Miami very sneakily is the twelfth best. Uh, Pass adjusted sack rating, uh, pass rushing defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was so flustered. <clears throat> Cincinnati, however, is all the way down at number twenty. So he's not going to have that pressure in his face like that. He's going to have more time to throw. I love my board Gardner, but he's very physically limited. So if he needs that clean pocket, he needs the time. If he gets it, he's generally pretty good. I like him to win this game. Okay, there you go. All right, so moving on. Pull my screen back up here. We are going to go to, oh, my God, down to Dallas. Them Dallas, come on. Oh, there They're we go. four and a half point. Home <laughs> favorite to the, to your Cleveland Browns. Not my Browns, and um, I've only got, I've actually only got Dallas as a three-point favorite here based on my power rankings. I'm interested to hear what you got on yours. Um, and honestly, in this game, if, if they control, if Cleveland can control the clock with the running game as they should, I really don't see any reason why uh, Cleveland won't be in a position to backdoor this game on a late drive or even win it on a late drive. Um, just a couple things that give me pause on this game is one that is Cleveland is coming off two straight wins, and the other is that Dallas is uh, obviously desperate at uh, they're one and two, correct? Yeah, they're one and two, but it's an ugly one and two. They could easily be 0-3. So they're a desperate team. They're a dangerous team at home. Um, you know, this is the ultimate stay-away game for me. I'm interested to hear interested to hear what you have to say. If I was on a force lean, it would be to Cleveland with those points. But I can't trust really either one of these teams uh, to date. So what do you have over there? Yeah, so Cleveland's been downgraded about about half a point so far, and Dallas is literally within 6-1 thousands of a point from exactly where they started so they are they are who they thought they were um and dallas could be on three but they also could be three and oh quite frankly 
So, yeah. Okay. I mean, what what's the line? The Atlanta, what should the so line be? Could, I'll say two and one because the Atlanta they shouldn't have won the Atlanta game. They could have won either Seattle or uh, obviously the Rams. Uh, I think the the line should be about five. So it's been a half a point. So for me, it's a stay away game as well. There's no value here. I don't see it. I think that's the reason why you haven't seen the line move all week. It's been at four and a half. It's going to stay at four and a half. I think the market's exactly right, and people are betting it, uh, you know, as, as it is because that. So if you don't see a line move, it means that Vegas nailed the market because what basically what Vegas does is try to put the line out at what they think the market will bear, and then they adjust accordingly. The market has bared literally nothing on this game, so. It's been where it's been, which means they probably put out a pretty good line. I think they'd have put out a pretty good line. I can see it going either way. The only way that I see Cleveland, uh, and I lean with you to Cleveland, but the way I see it happening is they control the clock with their running game, which, by the way, two games this year, I think they've averaged over six yards per carry with those two dynamic running backs. If they can do that and get Baker on his little bootlegs, Dallas is in for a long, long day. And, you know, Dallas is now a passing team, so they're not going to try to control the clock. So it's going to have to be up to Dak to go win it. I don't, I'm not any, I don't have any fear of Baker beating the Cowboys, but their overall team and, you know, Miles Garrett going up against a very hobbled Tyron Smith and they flip him to the other side. And I don't know who the Cowboys are playing at right tackle. I don't think they know who they're playing at right tackle at this point. So, Mm-mm. yeah, I, I would lean uh, Cleveland, but it's please stay away from me. There's no value here to, and to I, me. And I will say that, uh, I don't know why, you know, you said Dallas is a passing team right now, and they obviously are. I don't know why they would pay well, a full. Obviously. <laughs> well, obviously. And I don't know why they would pay a fullback a $100 million contract, but <laughs> I, will, I will say that Zeke is the best fullback I have ever seen. And I, he can, I mean, he's the highest paid fullback in history. Oh, in history. I, I don't know about that. I mean, Larry Sanders is pretty goddamn good, and he can catch way better than Zeke, as we saw last week. Jesus yeah. Christ. I think Larry Sanders made about $380,000 a year. This guy has $100 million. He'll be the third best running back, quotes, on the on the field, but but the best fullback, the best. All right, well, if Mike Allstott's listening, uh, that's Longhorn saying that, not Bo Cephas, so direct all of your muscle-bound anger at him. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're going down to Houston, Texas. And uh, those Texans are consensus four-point favorite at home versus those Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, my apologies, Bo Cephas. Uh, I've got to be honest here. I did not do a whole lot of work on this game because never in a million years would I guess the NFL would let a team who couldn't practice or even come to work even get to the facility (laughs) until Thursday Never would I guess they'd let them play a game on Sunday. With that said, both 0-3 teams give me the home team to find a way to win and cover against a team that showed up to work literally two and a half days before kickoff. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest variance. We've known what a creature of habit Cousins has been. Like, we always say noontime Cousins versus any other time Cousins. Yeah. And it's not the time frame. Like, that's a stupid, you know, joke that we make. But what it, what it does probably tell you is he very much is a creature of habit and since you know i think it's what 80 percent of their games are at noon it's that's his biggest habit so this is way out of his habit way out of his normal routine and he's such a mental midget about things that i don't know how he's gonna play uh, 
And, I mean, they had that game one last week, and he totally fucking blew it. So he's he's back to long sleeves cousins, as we've called him for many years at this point. Uh, so I would have to lean Houston. I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. That was back in his Washington football team days. Yeah, that was. All right, we're going down to my hammer, and they are hosting those Seattle Seahawks, and they are con- now a consensus six-point home dog. Yeah, here we go, baby. Now we're on something that I like. I love this game. I love getting six points, and I love that Seattle is coming across the country into the heat of Miami. Uh, Jamal Adams is out on this defense and it's been absolute garbage even with him i think they're giving up 420 yards through the air uh, it's just it's, they're historically bad through the air like side note if, if seattle wants to win the super bowl which they have a you know the quarterback and the offense to do it they better figure out what the fuck they're doing over there on defense because it is atrocious and you cannot win a super bowl playing defense the way they are this line is way too juicy uh to not love those points so give me those dolphins and Bo Cephas, while we're at it, hit that sounder. I, you know, I was gonna have to, I was gonna let you Woo! talk me, I was gonna let you talk me into hitting the sounder, but I just love it too much. All the factors point to Miami in this game. Um, tell me you're with me. I'm with you with the points, baby, no doubt. I'll just add a couple of trends to your. Uh, I mean, there's everything to me points to Miami. A couple of trends people might know. Miami's very sneaky good at home, seven and three in their last ATS at home. Versus a team with a winning record. They're 5-1 and one in their last six ATS at home as a home dog. And head-to-head Longhorn against Seattle, no matter location. Seattle's 1-6 versus Miami ATS in their last seven games. So, Jesus. no matter who's the quarterback, what's going on in Miami, Pete Carroll and the boys just can't seem to figure them out. So, I am with you, baby. All right. All right, moving on. We're going to go to, not damn, we're going to stay in Florida for some goddamn reason. Tampa Bay is hosting those L.A. Chargers. They are seven-point home favorites. Yeah, one of the truest lines in our business, both Cephas, is you don't bet teams, you bet numbers. And while that's far too simplistic and only scratches the surface of the work that we put in, um, the numbers three and seven are are goldmine numbers. And uh, with, with the seven here, I can only lean to the Chargers. It it. Also, on top of that, it's going to be a defensive game. There's a bunch of offensive players that are expected to not play for Tampa Bay. The over-under is actually dive-bombing. I think it opened at 45. It's down around 43 currently uh, in a defensive game, low-scoring game. Seven points should be uh, should be a good number. I do like the fact that Herbert has shown the ability to move the ball. Hasn't always been entirely in, uh, effective, but against this, against this attacking aggressive defense for Tampa. I do look for him to use his legs to spring a couple of big plays, uh, whether it's scrambling through the, uh, scrambling and finding someone through the air or scrambling and using his legs to make something happen. Um, <clears throat> one of the ceiling factors for me when looking into this game is, is the uh, fact that 70% of the tickets are on Tampa Bay, but 80% of the money is on the Chargers. It is Chargers for me. Bo Cephas, what do you got? Yeah, that right there tells you, boys and girls, the Chargers are the shop side, baby. Yep. And yeah, the over/under currently is sitting at forty-two and a half. So oh my Forty-two God. and a half. You're telling me they're going to cover seven points? That <clears throat> means that Tampa Bay, the Tampa Brady uh, Buccaneers, are going to have to whip that motherfucking ass to cover seven and only forty-two points on the board. And here's the thing: <clears throat> sneakily, Tampa Bay has the second best efficiency defense in the league. However, 
The Chargers, even with all their injuries, are sitting at number 11. They are still really, really good, even with all that talent out. And Tom Brady, <coughs> boys and girls, as much as it pains my heart to say it, he is bottom third in the league in QBR. He has not been playing that well. They've been very efficient at what they do, which is why their Raiders how they are, and it's why they're getting the seven points, or laying the seven points. That's true, and that is what matters most. However, I'm with you, man. I think seven points is just too much in this spot. Go, Chargers, go. All right. Uh, we will skip Tennessee because they all got the COVID. We're going to move to those Washington football people, whatever the fuck they are. Here's the thing, boys and girls. They're at home. They're at home. They're getting 14 points at home against the crosstown rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. God damn it. Are they at home? Are they really? Okay, so this, <laughs> this is a this is a perfect get-right spot for Baltimore. They got embarrassed on Monday Night Football going against a team uh, that struggles to score the, those skins of red. They, they just they are they're in all kinds of bad ways. Um, this will not be a fun day for Haskins at all. Uh, Baltimore loves to blitz. In fact, they blitz more than anybody in the league. And Haskins is 37th ranked quarterback in offensive efficiency, a win under pressure, and both seasons. No, 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 that's, that's too many. There's only 32. Yeah. I was going to ask you, please too remind many. me how many teams are actually in the league. Too many. Yeah, that's that means he's worse than some of the backups who have got into play. Um, I never like laying this many points um, in a game, but be, but because of the fact it's going to be an empty stadium, a scrimmage-type atmosphere, and Baltimore literally – you've been up in this area, Bo Stephens. What, what is the drive from Baltimore to D.C.? It's about 45 minutes. Yeah, so that's that's not even a travel situation going to an empty stadium. So this is literally a game of talent versus talent, and it is overwhelming on top of the fact that Baltimore's pissed off coming in here after an embarrassing Monday night football. It is Baltimore nothing for me here, Bo Cephas. What do you got? Yeah, I am with you. Uh it it almost got to it almost got down to that smash level Washington trend with the if you look, there's a very obscure trend, and it, it only comes around about once every three years. But if you double the score or double the spread, and it's within, or if it's more than the total, uh, you always have to bet the underdog. And I, I think it hits like a 90%. It didn't quite make it there. Uh, but here is a trend, and this is pretty incredible. So double-digit road favorites, as you all know if you've been listening to this, we don't do that bullshit because uh-huh. long time, they're a loser in the NFL. 47% ATS since 1989. That's a long time. However, <laughs> things do change. They do. And since 2017, double-digit favorites on the road are 18-0 straight up, which is not surprising. I mean, fuck, if you're a double-digit player. I mean, that would tell you in a normal year, three points, they would have to be 20-point favorites at home, right? Mm-hmm. But they win by 22.7 points per game. Jeez. ATS... 16 and 2. Oh my god. And covering Longhorn by a cumulative ATS of 10.3 points per game, which means if this game just goes average of the last 18, Baltimore's going to win by 24 yeah. points. And they probably will. <laughs> they probably and they will. probably will. And Haskins, this might be the last day you see Mr. Dwayne Haskins or 
uh, what we called him, Bolton, when he got drafted, which my apologies again to Andy Dalton. I apologize, mm. sir. He is yeah. not you. He's never been close to you. <laughs> again, our apologies sincerely. Yeah. Let's get some. Let's get some. Uh, let's get some Smith action out there. Let's get his. Let's, get his, <laughs> let's see how he faces. How he can do against that uh, blitzing Baltimore. Oh defense. my God! Only this franchise would insert a guy with one leg against this defense in a game yeah. they're probably going to be down twenty points in the first quarter. Man. All right, That's... moving on to the Rams. Those L.A. Rams. Another huge, huge <clears throat> spread. They're minus thirteen points hosting those New York football. God damn, they suck. Giants. Man, those Giants have burned me in the past, but not here. Hit that. Si- no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> I was about to I shit fucking, my pants like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate this team. I, I, My apologies to everybody who has been riding with me. on. I, I misread the Giants. Sorry. It uh, won't happen anymore. I'm not. I think in, evalu- in self-evaluating this team and how I've gone wrong. I think it's the Jason Garrett factor, honestly. I think that I didn't factor in just how horrible and outdated that dude is. Uh, I just, again, sorry. So the Rams are a machine. They, like I mentioned last week, they are still leading the league in pre-snap motions, play action drops. They're going to confuse the fuck out of this def- young defense. I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I would lean to the Rams with that big number, but I'm not going to, like, I don't love it or anything because, it, you know, things happen in the NFL, and they're just, at some point, it'll even out. And it's not the spot situation like we just talked about with Baltimore where everything points to Baltimore in the big number. So I'm not I'm not a heavy lean to the Rams here, but uh, just a young defense, young coaching staff, we, we don't know anything about. You know, you can say all you want about these young coaches that we don't know anything about and, and how good they might be, but until they show anything, and this the judge guy for the Giants has not yet, so until he does, I can't I can't even – I'm done with the Giants. Let's put it that way. What do you got? Yeah, the only thing I got is – so historically, I told you 47% on pretty much er, – Right around coin flips. It, it's right around a coin flip once you get over double-digit favor in the NFL. So one of these teams is not going to cover. And, I mean, I would think it would be the Rams that won't cover, but there's no way in fuck that I would bet the Giants Mm-mm. are going to save the 13 points. If they if they do, it would be because the Rams took them so lightly and played like shit at the beginning, or they just basically take the second half off. That's the only way. So it would be their early surprise situation or a late back door, and I have no interest in either. Nope. All right, moving on. We're going to those Kansas City World Champion Chiefs. Goddamn, do they look great. And they are minus seven at home versus those New England Patriots. Who would have ever thought we'd see that? Man, man. Interesting game and, you know, interesting line. And it's, it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's one of these games that most professional bettors, uh, at, with, with the initial look, are going to – want to grab those seven points with New England. Um, and most casual bettors will love laying those seven points with Mahomes and Andy Reid and KC and the machine that they've become. I'm going to go a little contra- contrarian here, and I'm going to lean KC. And it's mainly because the New England defense has just been absolutely awful this year. And it's kind of been hidden a little bit, you know, mainly because of the fact they're 2-1 and one, and also because of the fact the Bill Belichick 
factor. You know, it's not expected that he has a bad defense, but it is actually a really bad defense. They're allowing 6.2 yards per play on defense, which is 26th in the league. Uh, they're having all kinds of secondary problems. Uh, they are rushing a passer at a, at a pretty decent clip. So that normally would be an issue, but with Patrick Mahomes on the other side, it's just not. It, he's turning into one of those guys that it kind of just doesn't matter what you do. He's going to find a way to pick you apart no matter what. Um, on top, this is my last thing, and I'll and I'll go to you. New England, New England is a team that wants to establish the run and control the passing game with short, intermediate, intermediate passes. And both Cephas, that sounds a lot like the team that Kansas City beat last week, Baltimore, who wants to establish the run and do short, intermediate passes to control the clock. Um, I know it's blasphemy to go against Belichick. Uh, especially getting seven points, but I, I just I have to lean Kansas City here. Yeah, we've been kind of torn in this game all week. I got to lean with you, but for us, it's pretty much a rule. We either bet with either with Bill we trust or we just don't Stay fucking away. touch it. Yeah. Um, so New England on the pass rush piece of it, they're actually 18th if you look at the advanced analytics on rushing the passer. So they're a little bit below average. But like you said, it doesn't matter because I, I heard a stat, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, and I apologize, but last week Mahomes against the Blitz was like almost perfect. He had a pass rating of one – what's the perfect pass rating? Like 158.3? 156, something, yeah, something like that. And he had like 156. So he was almost perfect against the Blitz. Like he now reads defenses, adjusts the play, knows where he's going with the ball, and much like I think that New Orleans is hiding Breeze – and I think that Indy's hiding Rivers. New England is hiding Cam Newton. And to, just to further my point, Phillip Rivers is 21st in the league in QBR. Cam's 20th. And they're both within three points of Mitchell Trubisky. And we all say how bad Mitchell Trubisky sucks, right? Suck, yeah. suck, suck. But these guys are just as bad as him. But they're being hidden right now by their teams because both of those teams have really good offensive minds. And, of course, they have, you know, defense. Indy's defense is playing lights out, and New England, Bills holding them together. That, but they're not good. They're not playing well, and eventually the wheels are going to come off this thing. And I think it starts this week. I think Kansas City wins. I think they cover, but, again, it's hard to bet against Bill. It really is. So yeah. uh, I'll pass on the game, but I do lean with you. All right. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Those Las Vegas are Las Vegas Raiders. Three-point home dogs to those Buffalo Bills. Yeah, first thing I wrote down was injuries, man. Injuries are just stacking up for for Vegas. They've got both their top wideouts are out. Wide receivers are out. They got two offensive linemen out. At some point, th- this just has to catch up. And on top of that, Buffalo got two uh, linebackers, key linebackers back last week, and it's just a superior roster, honestly. And and I will say that I don't think that we well, actually I don't think I know we have not seen the best of the Buffalo defense uh, as of yet. They have been underachieving from what they did last year and what I do believe that they will do uh, going forward this year. Um, now, the offense, you know, if someone that was against me could say, hey, well, the Buffalo offense is playing out of their mind and Josh Allen's playing out of his mind, which is absolutely true, and there will be some natural regression there. Uh, you know, they're not going to they're not gonna score what they've been scoring on offense all year long. However, you got to ask yourself, is Vegas the type of defense that can slow them down and, and push them to that national regret, regression? I don't think they are. 
Um, but I do think that at some point, Buffalo will play up to the level that we expect that they will on defense. So to me, everything points to, I mean, again, we don't call blowouts, but for me, this is an easy call. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm not, but this is a, this is a Buffalo, you know, NFL blowout, 10 point type blowout to me. I got two notes and I'll throw it to you. Vegas has played, um, the, the three quarterbacks they've played so far this year are Teddy two gloves, Drew Brees and Cam Newton. So this will be the first quarterback they face all year who's going to challenge them vertically down the field. Uh, so I can't wait to see how they how they uh, hold up to that. And the second one is a trend, and it is Gruden is only 3-12 ATS versus teams with a winning record in this current stint with the Raiders. So obviously I lean Buffalo. Yeah. I really want to go against you, don't, you here. You don't sound very enthusiastic about that. So here, here's where I'm stuck. Because I'm supposed to believe now that Josh Allen, who was garbage at Wyoming, he was garbage his first two years, has now had his best three games of the entire pro season, his first three games of this season, that this is just going to be the new norm. And I'll give their defense a pass because – Quite frankly, if you're scoring points and moving the ball, your defense is put in a more vulnerable situation. They're going to get, you know, more possessions against them. It's kind of like a mentality shift. Like if you see your offense putting points on the board, it for some reason that's a natural human, you know, emotion. Like you kind of let not let down, but everything doesn't seem as crucial. Like last year, Buffalo's even knew we got to hold these motherfuckers to 17 points or less because this fucking white boy over here sucks my dick. So if we don't hold them, they're going to win. Now he's slinging the ball around. However, you talked about opponents. And here's what has me kind of scratching my head a little bit about this Josh Allen love. They played the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Rams. So the Jets, I'm looking at right now, trying to find Miami. Yeah, Miami's dead last in defensive efficiency. Uh, The Jets are below average, and the Dolphins, let's see. Miami, 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 Miami. Still scrolling, still scrolling, still scrolling. Oh, I already said they're Jet last hour. Rams. That's what I'm looking LA Rams. Oh, yeah, they're 21st. So they played three below average defense efficiency teams. So now, has Josh Allen approved? Yeah, so far he surely has. There's no doubt about it. And Las Vegas is not, is, is the 31st team. So to your yeah. point, yeah, it's not getting not. any better. Mm-mm. It's not getting any better. So I can't, I can't go against you. All I'm saying is for the future, like all this Buffalo love going out there, just know there's going to be a break tap point coming. And all you people are out there that are making people sign petitions online to apologize to Josh Allen, <laughs> you can kiss both sides of my ass because I'm not apologizing to that kid until I actually see him beat somebody that's worth a shit. So how I about have, that? I have not seen that petition, um, but that petition will be alive and healthy for one more week. You <laughs> can you can guarantee you that because this this defense for Vegas is not going to slow them down. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. All right, moving on. Those San Francisco 49ers are laying seven points at home with Nick. What I say last time? Kiss my Mullins mm. at quarterback hosting those goddamn shitty ass Eagles. Fuck. Yep. Um. I am obviously on a uh, double secret probation with Philly, <laughs> with Philly and the Giants. They're, they have been my. I need to. I need to pull out our book because I think 
I think that Phil, between Philly and the Giants, they've they've cost us I mean, three wins. Hell, we might be first place in the Super Contest if we went for these two stupid fucking yeah. teams. So obviously, I'm done with this team. I'm done with that stupid fucking quarterback, uh, Carson Winston, as I'm calling him now. Is he just can't <laughs> he just can't seem to get out of his head? I mean, just just get it over with. Dye your fucking skin. Uh, Chalk, a sexy chocolate, and you know, just just get rid of that nasty red hair, and we'll we'll just completely convert to Carson Winston. Um, yeah, I, I've got to give I got to give credit to San Francisco, man. Like they just they they took a JV team and mopped the fucking floor on the road across country, man. And I don't think that their roster's that deep and that great. So what a great job by the coaching staff. Uh, Shanahan and his staff continue continually uh, prove they're the one of the best in the league uh, coaching coaching wise. I will say, with all that said, this is a complete stay away game for me. By the way, I have zero lean and and wouldn't even dare to to do it. But I will say that Philly on defense is only allowing four point eight yards per play, which is fourth in the league. It's really just the turnovers that have killed this team. I'm not in the. I'm done trying to predict when that's going to stop and when when Carson's going to become a real quarterback again. So until I see it, I just I'm staying away. I, do you have a lean in this game? Uh, well, I mean, I don't. But I, here's where I'll defend us. So the very first game of the season, we were on Washington against Philly. Philly was laying seven and a half, yeah. and we nailed that. Uh, Washington mm-hmm. miraculously came back, and won the game. We didn't call that, but. No. Then the next two weeks, we've been on Philly, but just like they were the wrong side game one, they were the right side the last two weeks. <laughs> and by the numbers, they're the right side again. Yeah. However, there, there's certain anomalies within the numbers, like teams will keep coming up, but eventually we stop you know, putting our hand on that stuff because there's some sort of underlying variance that we're not picking up or that we do pick up. I mean, obviously, it's been the, the play of Carson Wentz. Now, why he's playing this bad? We think we know, but we don't know, right? We're not him. We're not sports psychologists. But he is the underlying variance that's keeping them from performing to what the numbers say that they should be. Because to your point on defense, they're not that bad. And if it wasn't for the turnovers, you know, they could be 2-1. and one. And again, they were the right side the last two weeks. It just didn't work out. And again, they're the right side this week. But at some point, you know, as a responsible handicapper, whatever your method is, you can't just keep going to the well. You can't just stand at the roulette table and every time you see fucking three reds come up, go black. Right? Because that's that's really not how that works. So you think the number's in your favor. They might be, but sometimes there's just an underlying variance of something where you just can't either figure it out or you have figured it out, but you don't know why it continues to happen to Longhorn's point. When is it going to fucking stop? When is he going to realize, oh yeah, I was an MVP candidate two years ago. Let me just fucking, you know, stop playing like a dickhead. Let's go win some football games. And until they show that or until he comes out of this funk, I'm with you, man. I just, as much as I want to, as much as it would be the right side to play, I, I just can't do it. Yeah, it's definitely Philly or nothing for me, but I can't do it. Yeah, we're going, we're going with them. All right, moving on. The Monday Night Football game is those Green Bay Packers. And they are minus seven with those dirty, and I mean dirty, birds. 
Yeah, Green Bay is dead last in YPP defense, and not a lot of people know that. They are giving oh, up no. six six point six yards per play on defense. That is horrible. Um, but of course, you have Atlanta, who is playing this game without a head head coach, as he was fired right after the game last week. Um, Bosevis, do you have any updates on that? Uh, I think they're better off. Is that, is that okay? Uh, no, he actually wasn't uh, fired. Uh, my apologies. Yeah, he should have been fired. They still have, <laughs> they still have him inexplicably, which makes us the easiest handicap in the world. Um, Atlanta scores thirty first half points, and then Green Bay scores thirty five in the second half. Take it away, Bosefus. I'm done. Yeah, so just simple power rankings here. Atlanta is literally within two-tenths of a point where I had them starting the season. So they are who they thought they were. And Green Bay, <laughs> to your point, they've actually been only upgraded half a point in my power rankings. And it's because how inefficient their defense has been. It's been dragging their whole rating down. And I think that continues when the team that – here's the thing, people. If you get seven points against a team that can score the football and really score the football, it's hard to fucking go against that. It surely is. Yep. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins that were coming in the air tonight, baby! All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for that NFL free, I said free pick of the week, baby. Yeah, but I hit the sounder on them, so let's go with those Miami Dolphins catching six points. You're probably not going to need them because my sounders almost always come through, you know, like at least, <laughs> at least you know, 10, 20, 30, 40% of the time. So our NFL free pick of the week is going to be Miami plus six. The Moneyline Parlay of the week is going to be Chicago, Miami, Baltimore, Arizona and Buffalo that pays 16 to one. So both Sebas, let's get it. I fucking love it, baby. Tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory old seekers. That's going to wrap up another award winning episode of the football glory old podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week. And don't forget to subscribe. It's a five. Sorry. So we could pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, The Football Glory Ho and The Degenerate with RJ Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, our podcast, and also our YouTube quick hits so people stop doing sports, stop being sports stupid, excuse me, and use all of them. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both Cephas, as always, and I'm mostly non-sexual way people stop throwing away your hard on money on the guessing game let the pros do the heavy lifting so sign up tell a friend and join in on the fun of watching football drinking beer and never pay a bookie again come on god damn it people never pay a bookie again steven tell her take a selfie